0: This is Alex Medford from Denver, Colorado, coming to you from sunny Maui, Hawaii, and you're listening to the Pro Hockey News Podcast.
1: Welcome in to another edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast, brought to you by the Chicago Wolf store. PHN 15 is the code. If you want to get yourself some discounted merchandise with that great logo, check them out at chicagowoolstore.com. PHN 15 is the code. Adam Minnick, Lonnie Goldsmith, Richard Cote, along with you on this very, very special edition. Um, big debut this week, guys. Big debut on the first line edition this week. Of? Of somebody entering their 48th year of life. It's never, it's never happened before in the first line edition. That's true. It hasn't. Yes. Yes. We're recording this Thursday and, uh, you know, Lonnie's now 48 in one day. Sorry. 47 in one day. 47 in one <laughs> day. You're Your you're, you're second day of your 48th year. That's right. Yeah. Welcome to your late forties. Thank you. Thank you. It feels
2: absolutely no different from my, uh, <laughs> mid forties
1: so far. That's good. It's good.
2: Does it feel like so that's a start?
1: Yeah. How's it feel compared to your late thirties? Definitely feel
2: older. The, the 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 aches, the stiffness, like that's definitely gotten worse.
1: The, the the female sass in your house that's definitely grown in the last 10 years.
2: That has nothing to do with me aging. Well, it has everything a- to do with them aging.
1: Right, but it's different from your in your late 30s, it wasn't as, as prevalent as as your late 40s. No, so. no
2: my tolerance for it <laughs> has gone down proportionally as my age has gone up.
1: Shouldn't you be becoming more tolerant because it's just like part of life now versus its newness?
0: No, I I like his answer. It's it, he's he's becoming a little you know old and grumpy. I, I like no 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 no. That
1: is a second line thing. We do not have old and grumpy on the first line. We leave that for a certain individual on the second line. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no from Lottie. no, no mouth
1: was moving, and nothing came out. <laughs> no, you, I just
2: decided I was going to hold fire. There, we're just going to let that one go. I, so
1: I, I stand by what I said. You stand by what you said. So, so I, if I mention the word Jack Eichel, things happen on that edition, but you know, not here. Um, we are in the lull before the storm in the NHL. Um, we're like, we're like in trade deadline talking time. But nothing's happening. Um we thought Tyler Toffoli was gonna start craziness, but Lonnie, nothing's happened.
2: No, it's really weird. This is definitely the time where the, the the top, you know, pick your number of, you know, guys, 10, 15, 20, the list of the most likely to be dealt start showing up by by the people who who cover those things really closely. Uh, and those are starting to ramp up, I feel like in frequency in which you're starting to see those. but but, like you said, I really thought Calgary jumping in to get to Foley, I think we all thought it was a bit of an overpay. The flames are just ridiculously hot right now. We will get to them later. i, I I'm surprised nobody nobody jumped to to try to get in on you know, that sort of next big name that that's going to be dealt
1: and and there's a lot of big names that that could be dealt um you know i mean the latest thing when i was on the the, the TSN website today is they've uh, you know they, they started their countdown to trade center of course and they do a phenomenal job with that line a is who they were focusing on today of getting around the trade rumors and, and there's a, a guy shocking that
2: shocking name
1: there's a guy that was a franchise piece you know not too long ago for a you know the winnipeggers and and now potentially on the move again. I mean, I'd be
2: a little bit surprised on the other hand. I mean, if you look at, I mean, we all declared the East locked. I don't know how many months ago did we say (laughs) that the eight in the East was the eight in the East. That means Columbus is on the outside of that. They're eight points out of a spot right now. Yes. They have a game in hand on Washington. Yes. Washington isn't playing particularly uh, well at the moment but you know the 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 other uh the other three teams above them in the metropolitan are playing well you know columbus yes they only have to catch one team uh but i still like my chances if i'm washington um to to come yeah. out with that fourth spot then uh to be in that wild card position then then columbus jumping in so yeah i guess it's it, it's it makes some sense to see Lina in, in there as, as a name.
1: Yeah. I just, I kind of thought that that was odd. You know, it's interesting. They talk about the trade deadline, how hard it is to trade goalies, but in the last 24 hours, we've seen two goalies traded Now, Neither one of them are big dollars. Neither one of them, I would consider, you know, starters. Um, But Michael McNiven goes from uh, uh, the Montreal to the flames um, and much traveled it feels like Alex Staylock to the San Jose Sharks from Edmonton for future considerations and Edmonton has goalie problems and they traded a the guy away for future yeah that's that's a confusing move to me that
2: they would deal that they would deal a goalie right now when they're really the team that you think most wants to get goal is given what they got the skaters. The problem in Edmonton for years has been between the pipes, you know, for a team like, you know, I wonder, you know, for a team like Calgary picking up another goalie again, it's, it's a lesser name, but you do wonder, Richard, is that the kind of move You don't look at it as a goalie for now or necessarily even in the future, but it's an asset that can become something else later in the deadline.
0: You you know, as Adam was mentioning, neither of these are really big names. They're they're not really going to be starters. So at this point, I see the rationale for the Oilers to be unloading him for future considerations because this is not a a player who's going to come in and make an impact between the pipes for you. Um, And it could potentially help you towards the deadline. You know, you're freeing up some roster space to bring in maybe a veteran goaltender, um, you know, a, a name that's just, you know, floating around there, a Mark andre Fleury, so to speak. And uh, you have room for him to at least be put into place that season, make that late playoff push.
1: But with Stalock, he was down in Bakersfield. So you're not, you didn't clear a roster spot. You didn't get anything back. To me, it's kind of interesting because if you need a goalie, and if you're taking one from a team, he would be that juicy throw in just to give the team that you're taking a starting goalie from just a body that knows how to play in the NHL. If that team doesn't want to call up their youngster, but, but I
0: just, it seemed like a waste of a trade for the Oilers, but, but, but doesn't that also clear up some cap space for him? Like I know it'd probably be minimal, but not doesn't if, that not if
1: he's on, not if he's on a two-way deal and he's down in Bakersfield, it clears it, up, it clears up a, it clears up a, a roster. A 40, spot. It clears up one of the 40 spots.
0: No,
2: if that's something that Edmonton needs to clear up, then maybe that's that's worthwhile. But obviously, I mean, look, obviously, we talk about goalies all we want. There's the,
1: the big one is Flurry and what ends up yeah. what ends up happening with him. So Michael Mcniven, not uh, was it on your exciting bingo card of trades?
2: It wasn't. But again, <laughs> it, 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 he's but you know, if Calgary has another move to make, if they think they want to make one more move that's the kind of name that that becomes an asset it doesn't yeah i mean never play for the organization but it's an asset for something down the road it's a chip and that's the good organizations they they collect assets they collect these these things that can be trade chips you know might be a throw-in might be you know something to make numbers work for another team but like that's not a terrible move and goalies you know again it's not like you know, four you get twelve forwards out there a night, you've got six defensemen out there a night, you get one goalie. Yeah, so no. they are they are not the dime a dozen. Well,
0: you know, depending the, the, on how the they're Edmonton, doing, you get one.
2: Well, <laughs> they're not the dime a dozen that the Edmonton Oilers seem to think they are. So And yet they, and they up with nothing positive.
1: No, no, those uh yeah, those two uh yeah, those two have to do a lot. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's going to certainly be interesting to see what happens. Um, like you mentioned, the, the biggest goalie name right there is Marc-Andre Fleury, and he's going to get to determine a lot of his thing uh, with the Blackhawks, who named a new GM who's not new and has been with the organization since the era they're trying to move past. So, Yeah, what do we make of Kyle Davidson shedding the interim tag? He uh, started as a video coordinator intern back in 2012, uh, or 2010, excuse me. He's been with the team for 12 years. He's young. He's in his early 30s. Um, So they're turning the page. They're they're moving past Stan Bowman and John McDonough and all the stuff with Kyle Beach and all that. And they hired a guy who has been there the whole time.
2: It's... The, the the first the first sort of uh, comp that came to mind when i saw that and realized that he's just the same link to the past is like when george w bush brought on dick cheney to find his uh, to lead the vice presidential search during the 2000 campaign and cheney searched and searched and searched and looked everywhere and decided he was the best man for the job and installed himself basically I, i'm not sure that he would be quite so bold of to to just, you know, declared himself as the, uh, uh, you know, that Davidson is like, I'm clearly the best man for the job. Just give it to me. But it does seem a weird decision from the Blackhawks to, I mean, the three finalists were somebody from the Cubs organization, somebody else from the Cubs organization, which is a road they've gone down. Yes. Somebody in-house who ultimately got the job, who's, been there since a lot of this mess started and i believe the third finalist was somebody out of the canadians organization was that carolina
1: No, tolsky in in carolina
2: yeah like he can be great but it's right right it's it's and and i i hope he is i hope he helps i mean this is a black mark on this uh, on the uh on the history of, of an original six franchise but every time you want to take the team seriously, they keep on doing things that make you not want to take them seriously.
1: And, and this isn't to say he's not different than Stan Bowman and doesn't have the new era of stuff with analytics and, and and whatnot. It's just separating yourself from the past is exactly what you're not doing with a guy that's only been with the Hawks his entire professional career.
0: And I, I the thing that kind of struck me the most is, you know, his, his most, uh, as far as his professional career goes, his most impressionable years when he was an intern and when he was like young on the ladder is, is when all this was going down. So when you're trying to shift the culture of that, of that club, you know, why do you install somebody who, you know, may have taken those, you know, those merits to heart and could potentially keep them within the organization? I don't know. That that was my big question.
1: Yeah. It, I, I wasn't, uh, as a Blackhawks fan, I wasn't exactly enamored with Detroit. I, I would have liked the Tolsky in there. Um, it, I don't know. It just, it, it's that classic doublespeak where they want to separate themselves from something, but they're not doing anything to separate themselves from
0: something. They want to do it, but they don't want to talk about it, as we saw yeah. in the press conference. Yeah. You mean the town I mean it's you'd say,
2: you'd say you'd say it's paying lip service but they're not actually doing that. I mean there are they're they're putting out the right things in statements. Yeah. Like the the written statements, the things that the the that they're paying some outside PR firm a lot of money to put together for them to make them sound contrite. They're doing a great job of putting those out. But it it's such an easy way to w- walk away and, and I mean, this guy must have been head and shoulders better than either of the two guys they brought in. Um, and you would hope he would have to be just to keep him. But again, th- there's just been such a level of obliviousness from the Blackhawks that any, any pushback of how do you just stay with the same, you know, somebody from that same era, I- I'm sure somebody with the last name Words is saying, well, why? What's the problem?
1: yeah uh, i don't know It it is it is what it is um I, on a totally different note uh, re, you know you read articles and all that is anybody getting confused when reading things about montreal and and headlines are about saint louis <laughs> 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 like it's in algorithm, the fact that I live in St. Louis and there's algorithms out in, in media world and all that, I, I know it like, but these things about St. Louis keeps popping up and and, it, and it's about the Canadians and I'm like Habs and St. Louis. I'm like, oh wait, okay, I got to remember, Marty St. Louis.
0: St. Louis, St. Yeah.
1: Louis, just, not St. Louis. No, anybody else having that issue? Yeah,
2: yeah, no, search engine optimization does
1: not do pronunciation. <laughs> no, right, right, right. No, it just it just, yeah, I keep seeing St. Louis and the Habs and I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs>
0: <laughs> trade rumors trade rumors yeah uh, yeah it's uh i don't know I, I i was just
1: randomly it's been happening a lot recently in like the last more so like in the last week than like the first few days he was head coach and i, and I don't know why
0: well i mean because I mean, they, they've been actually doing all right as of late you know and they haven't been doing too bad under san luis almost i i believe almost every interim coach is at or
1: above 500 there's more since coaching changes it's been one of those years where where the the, the interim coaches working ish type thing. I
0: mean, I mean at, at five hundred for Montreal is, is better than they could have hoped for <laughs> at this point in the season, just given their start.
1: Yeah, it's a uh, boy has the window closed on them. Um, you know, speak speaking of, of Montreal since since you did bring it up. Um, yep, just a quick check on the East. Yep Mm mm-hmm okay still set still set yep yep still still set uh you got your buyers and your sellers what's even crazier I I I dug a little deeper this week for our east analysis since we spend so much time on it eight teams are plus goal differential eight teams are minus goal differential in east like it is so synergistic of the haves and the have-nots in that conference that it's nuts
0: You know, I I can't wait for like two years or three years down the road when we come back to this topic and just talk about the teams that were at the bottom of these two divisions who have now like risen to the top. Because, you know, in like three years, the Islanders are are not going to be where they are right now. Maybe they are. And we'll talk about that. But I don't know. I'm I'm just looking forward to the future in that. And because right now there's nothing going on with the East.
1: I, I still can't. Well, but here's the thing with the Islanders. I still can't believe they're down there the way they are. I mean, I could, we could talk about them next year. It's New Jersey, Montreal, Buffalo, Ottawa. They're, there's a solid basement there for another few years. Yeah. Like the Islanders, Philly, uh, Detroit's on their way. Detroit will be a playoff team next year. Um, oh my God. Are they fun to watch? They, I hate saying that, but they they, they are, I, I've caught them a bit. They, they are, they just are fun. Right. They really are. Lonnie's been right on that.
0: <laughs> here's your birthday gift thank You're you right. i'll take it make it a ringtone uh, for you
1: yeah but also checking out one thing has changed in the east um oh look at that tampa's in first place yep, we haven't yep. said that for a bit so there was there was a change
0: in the east it's, it's it's back to normal where tampa's in first place well I, I, last year they they didn't finish in first place yeah, before that th- they didn't finish in first place
2: But You know, that's... No, they didn't. That's true. They learned their lesson from winning the President's Cup by, like, you know, 20 points and then promptly got swept in the first round. No, I mean, the eight teams have moved around some since we declared the East dead, I believe, right around New Year's, right? I mean, it's been a while since we said these are the eight teams. Yes, the order has switched around some, but, like, this is... This is still it. These are still your eight playoff teams in the East.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, I, you know, what, what's been really interesting is in the Metropolitan Division, those top three teams are just, they're just all playing good hockey at the same time, right? Like, like those, the Carolina, Pittsburgh, and, and the Rangers are just rolling. And, and they're rolling everywhere, too. Like Carolina's
2: home, home and away splits are ridiculous. Pittsburgh, same. I mean, Pittsburgh is a better road team right now. Washington is a far better road team right now. Actually, that's really the most shocking thing is that they're pretty bad at home. Yep. They're 12, yeah. 11, and five. Right. And yeah. they're 16, seven, and four on the road. Like that's that's got to be one of those things that scares you if you're Carolina or Pittsburgh, is that you're, you're, you're facing the possibility of possibly playing the best road team in
1: hockey with home ice advantage. Yeah, it's there, and then then you you look at the West, and the top two teams in each division are hot as all can be. You know, Calgary has not cooled off. Uh, they they lost the game since last time we talked, mm-hmm. so that that's about it. But you know, they've won ten out of their or nine out yeah ten out of their last eleven. Uh, Colorado's got eight out of their last ten. Those I mean, what's crazy is just how Calgary would only be in second place in the Central. Um, <laughs> Tie. Col- Colorado. Tied, yeah. Yeah, t- Colorado is just is now officially running away with with the Central. Um, they are probably going to be the first team to lock up playoff spot, division, all that good stuff. Um, you know, but it, I, I, the only question now for Toronto is: Are, are they President's Trophy or not? Or are they just top of the West? I mean, it, they've created separation. This is the first time we've seen separation.
0: They. All year. they yeah, they have. If if they can continue their just offensive prowess, yeah, they're they're gonna lock up that president's trophy pretty soon. And I worry about that just because you have to as a fan. Yeah, I mean it's
1: uh, and you got to be careful of the altitude sickness because they are dominating in at the cup this year. <laughs> it, you, you do. I think the one thing is
2: peaking too soon. Um, you know, and at what point do you do you rest, guys? Do you pull back a bit you do that too soon and you lose an edge going into the playoffs I, i'm not sure the the president's is going to be quite the runaway because Carolina's not that far behind they've got a game in hand Agreed. Yeah. and they're in a way more competitive division where they're gonna have to stay on it at least closer to the end of the season than it appears colorado's gonna have to
1: yeah so they're you know they just keep going like you said they, they keep scoring um this Saturday they got a game coming up with with the flames so that that's gonna be it is Saturday right Richard it, it is Saturday yep. it is
0: Saturday yeah
1: at the ball arena yeah playing at the cup at, at playing the, at the or, Cup or the
0: mason jar whichever yeah. one you want yeah. yeah
1: tin cup or the mason yeah it's they' they're all about the cup right now
0: yeah, yeah. it's all about the, it's all about but, the
1: cup yeah it is. but uh yeah, so that's th- that'll be a fun one um. Minnesota Lonnie in your backyard there has struggled as of late. And the only thing keeping them from being out of a conversation is Nashville hasn't played well as of late.
2: It hasn't. I mean, the biggest issue that the wild have had is they had a a home and home with Calgary at the absolute worst possible time to get a home and home with them, uh, lost on aggregates, uh, 12, four over the two games. Um, you know, the, the, they're a weird team right now. They looked really good, pounded Edmonton on the road and then go, go across the country to, to Ottawa and lose. And then, you know, they, they get swept in Ontario. Uh, and then you get swept by Calgary. it's, you know, fortunately for them, they're at Philly uh, Thursday night uh, as, you know, tonight as we're talking, uh, and then Buffalo, and then they're back home from Dallas. So the schedule sets up this weekend. Yeah, it's a three and four situation, but
1: it does set up that they can start to right the ship a little bit. And the most interesting team, I think, in the West now has got to be the Vegas Golden Knights. Um that's a team that we're like, ah, it's just a matter of time before they get to their rightful spot back in first place of the West. Well, no, or the Pacific. Well, no, Calgary's taken off. Um, Vegas has done nothing but play 500 hockey the last couple of weeks. And they guys are literally only a point out of not being in the playoffs at Edmonton, So Nashville and Dallas are your wild cards. Technically at 64 and 63 Edmonton's also at 63 Vegas only has 64. I mean, they, they are, they are precariously teetering on the edge right now, which
2: I like, I don't think any of us can quite figure out where this all
1: went, uh, went a little sideways. Um, And here's the biggest thing they have. I mean, they've got the, the only, I guess they've got room because they've got Mark stone on LTIR. And and that's about it. Like other than the Mark Stone and his ten million dollars on or almost ten million dollars in LTIR, they've got no cap space to use. And I'm not sure what they have really down in like prospect wise. They don't have anybody that's that's being clamored about. So they're in a real. Interesting situation coming off their amazing way they worked the, the expansion draft, the success they've had. This is their first time; they've got decisions to make.
0: Yeah, um, just I, I was thinking about that, especially when uh, when Eichel was getting ready to come back, and when uh, Stone went on the LTIR. Um, it was just kind of the the notion that you know when Eichel comes back, if he's not you know where he needs to be and it doesn't seem like he is it's going to take a while to come back from from that injury but um just the fact that he's he's not immediately back and contributing in a big way to that team um that that was a big hit putting your captain on the LTIR and and losing his um his offensive power as well and that's i think what's really um, you know a big detriment to their team right now and and why they're falling so quickly in the standings
2: and you've got you know you, you look at the at the uh, at the scoring uh, distribution on the team the, the biggest thing to me isn't that Chandler Stevenson is the one who's leading the team in, score, in, in points it's that combined you 've only gotten fifty three games out of stone and patchcratty like the health of this team has just, I mean, they've had a lot of, they've had a lot of good luck in their first four years. It's all coming back to bite them right now. You're without those guys carrying the load. Uh is so is scoring, you know, he's doing what he does. He's got 21 goals. That's great. You know, I think getting 36 points in 52 games out of Riley Smith is, I mean, he's fine. That's a bit of a gift. Right. And They just, they, they, other guys haven't picked up the slack and they don't, Adam, as you said, have the flexibility to go make it work somehow without, without shedding something you don't want to get rid of.
1: I I mean, I guess depending how they look at it, a Riley Smith, who's on an expiring deal at 5 million could be a a guy you dangle to, to get better. Yeah. yeah, I, I mean, you can, you can argue that there's plenty of uh, upgrade out there in, in a, in a second-line winger role um, with Riley Smith that you could probably get for less than $5 million and a team may want to take on, you know, can take on an expiring contract. Potentially, um have Getty who's got one more year of control at $5 million. I mean, I think those are two guys that they're going to have to trade a middle six for a middle six. I think that's what they're going to have to do.
2: Yeah, I think that's probably right. You know, there's some, you know, looking at uh, uh, Frank uh, Saravalli at the dailyfaceoff.com put together a list of his top, uh, I think, 35 trade targets. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one is Claude Giroux, who has to decide if he's going to play out the string as a flyer or waive his no trade clause. Um, Thomas Hurdle, uh, you know, in expiring. Uh pen, you know, he's a uh, pending UFA. He's gonna be really expensive to resign. I don't see Vegas as a team that's got the flexibility to re-sign somebody like that. Uh 20 28-year-old in his prime. Yeah. You know, center, like they can't afford that. So yeah, I mean, they're gonna have to give up something to get something, but it's gonna be a pure rental. If they're gonna go for yeah. I mean if they're gonna go for it. And mm-hmm. they may decide they're gonna just you know, they got some pieces to sell if they want to, you know, if they decide they want to go the route of being sellers, but.
1: I mean, the problem is when you look at, at Vegas, Eichel's locked in for a while. William Carlson's locked in for a while. Pietrangelo's locked in for a while. And so is Shea Theodore. All those guys locked in for a while at big numbers. Um, Robin Leonard, 5 million as a goalie, isn't a big number, but he's locked in. It, it's not like, they're gonna they've got a core that's blowing up. They've got a lot of guys um now a couple of them are already at their age thirty plus years that they've got locked up. but Vegas is I know it's young in their franchise, but this this is a big trade deadline for them of deciding where their franchise is going. yeah, I
2: think that's right. Uh, this is uh and and they don't have a first round pick this year, right. or their own third or a fourth. I mean, they have the Rangers third, um, but they've got some. And, I mean, they may not have a 23 first either because there's conditions attached uh, that it will go to Buffalo in the Eichel trade.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
2: And, again, look, Eichel is 25 years old and – I think I may you know, I think you absolutely make that trade if, if you're Vegas. You get a young one C. I think you absolutely m- make that move, even with the injury risk. But when when all the other guys are getting hurt and you're just not able to find that replacement, you're not able to get any cohesion in the team around Eichel now that he's healthy. I think it's it's not a great situation for for the organization right now, and they got to decide what they're going to do. Do you rest- do, do you start selling off and restock the restock the picks you you you've lost and will lose, or do you really decide the draft is useless and push all in and see what happens?
1: Yeah, a lot of decisions going to be up in the next couple of weeks as we get near the trade deadline. Uh, second line will be on next week, uh, right? A week before it and we're gonna be on hours uh, before the trade deadline, you know, that that, that following a couple days ahead of it. You know who's always busiest though with the trade deadline, guys? Who's that? Who? The equipment managers having to pack up all that equipment. Hopefully there's a lot of Verbero equipment that's in there. That that is the key. You want to have your Verbero hockey equipment if you want the best hockey equipment out there. Check them out on the PHN website where you can click on the link directly to get a lovely little uh, discount or just go right to verbero.com. Tell them PHN sent you for all your sticks and skates, gloves, as well as you can get custom jerseys and hats for your adult league or youth hockey team. We we got news out of the NHL um, in the outdoor world. We've got a new entrant, folks, Uh, the the 28th team to play an outdoor game. Um, You're going to have Ovechkin versus the Jerks at Carter-Finley Stadium. Now, for those of you who don't know what Carter-Finley Stadium is, that means you live outside the southeast, and that's okay. It is the football
0: stadium that NC State plays at in Raleigh. Yeah, I didn't know that until uh, Lonnie brought that up so obviously i I live outside the southeast yeah i I do too
1: but i'm a college football fan so
0: yeah it, it it
1: nc state football and carter finley stadium aren't exactly the hotbeds of uh of you know i'd even wonder how many sec acc fans could name nc state state stadium if you gave them a quiz without multiple choice
2: I I will admit that I sort of took the leap of, well, they play in Raleigh. NC state plays in Raleigh. That must be where NC state plays.
1: There you go. Yeah. Well, it could have been UNC. They could be playing on the Durham or Chapel Hill side of the world.
2: I suppose they could. And I don't know the name of that stadium or, or of Dukes. So I, you know, I had a one in three shot there, I guess. I I mean, they have
0: storied football franchises there. Why shouldn't you know those names? Well, I mean, (laughs) It's just well,
1: I thought about it as, oh yeah, they are already tied up with NC State anyway with the with the crossover in their own stadium, so of course they're playing at NC State's football mm, stadium. But that also yeah. makes sense. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, and the colors and all that. But um, so it's gonna be Saturday, February eighteenth of twenty twenty three. Uh, the Capitals guaranteed to win this game. They are undefeated in outdoor games. They're three and zero in the outdoor games. I've seen one of them. Um, they won the catch up game. They won their home game at Nats Park, and they won that one in uh, Annapolis at the uh, Navy Marine stadium.
0: That was, that was a good one. That was a, a that was, good setting. I like that one.
1: That, that was a yeah. good one. And this, this is to me going to be the hardest outdoor game to date that the NHL has to dress up Nashville, very non-traditional market, but with country music, with Smashville, with the predators, like I, it, it, I, I I saw that the vision you could see coming ahead of time. Mm-hmm. I want to see the themes and what they bring into this. Cause I, I don't know off the top of my head visually what they're going to go for. The marketing folks are
2: definitely going to have their work cut out for them. Yeah. I mean, it, it helps that this, you know, these are two of the better teams in the East. Yes. So from a hockey standpoint, you, you hope, If nothing else, that's a draw, but it's a bit of a tough sell. Otherwise I get that.
0: I I wonder how much they're going to have to lean on the, the bunch of jerks as as a, uh, as a slogan or as, you know, uh, a war cry as, you know, we, we come towards the, uh, you know, towards the game time or, you know, how we're going to see that around the stadium Um, because yeah, I'm, Okay, I, I am not from that region, so I don't know a whole lot about, like, Carolina and, like, culturally, how that would fit into, like, a hockey display. It
1: Somebody who's lived there and somebody who knows it, it's a state of different sides. The east and the west part of the state are completely different worlds. Um, Charlotte and Raleigh, nowhere near each other, nor the same. Um, Asheville is probably the most gorgeous part of the state up there in the mountains in the the fall and the winter. But then you got the Outer Banks in in you know on the Atlantic Ocean that that is absolutely you know gorgeous itself in in, in the summer. Um, here's the one thing I hope the NHL doesn't do, and and as much as I like the look, I really hope the Whalers don't have any view into this outdoor game. I hope they don't bank on that history and use because. It's cool a couple times a year when they're bringing the jersey, the reverse retro. I get, but for the sake of, of the of, of of the Carolina organization, don't don't do it for the outdoor game, please don't don't yeah. don't let let it be its own thing. Yeah, this is this is Carolina's, you know. Yeah, I I kind of wish they would have moved it over to Chapel Hill and, and played over Just like a Duke North Carolina tie-in. As much as we're all tired of it, in basketball could have been cool. It, 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 you you could have done some things with with that. NC State is just the other team in
0: in the triangle. Of, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but but aren't they're they're more successful in that arena than you know, and uh, you know, the Tar Heels or the Blue Devils are in football in their arenas. Like th- th- I don't those... know.
1: UNC recently, I think, has been better than NC State in the football world of the ACC
0: ish. I mean, you're split. I mean, they're better than Duke. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm judging yeah. more on Duke because they've never been good at. Duke yeah. That. I don't know, Lonnie.
2: It, it... Listen, I, I am not going to stand here and have Wake Forest be left out of the discussion. I'm just kidding. I'm totally going to stand here and have Wake Forest left out of the conversation. Not having lived there, I have no idea where Winston Salem, Winston-Salem falls in the geography of the state, so... <laughs> Whatever. i don't think it ma- <laughs> it's, it's, it's like
1: this, is, I, it bad. this it's, is bad this is bad potting right now potting. It, I, it doesn't
2: it, it doesn't matter i think it's good that carolina gets to host i guess it's the, it's the most logical place to put it in I, again i think you're not i mean you're not going to put it at the panther stadium you're not gonna move it to charlotte
1: no, what really sucks is that the Durham Bulls Stadium isn't big enough because that could be that could have been fun. Ooh, okay. Yeah. well see
2: that would be fun.
1: Yeah, it's it, but a Triple A stadium is not big enough for what they want to do. No, that has the, there would be the most iconic cultural references you could do is moving it to the Durham Bulls Stadium. I mean, but, then you got to bring you know
2: Costner and Tim Robinson to be part of the pregame. Yeah,
1: Susan, <laughs> so, don't forget so, Sue.
2: Obviously, well, can Tim and Susan? You know, they talking. How
1: bad was the divorce? I don't know we, we can have some fun with that. They can throw it out. I mean, there's a lot of things we can do. I mean, it, it, is, it, is, it
0: is, it is, hockey. Uh, so yeah. oh, hold on. I did, I did a little bit of just quick, uh, quick Googling here uh, for the stadiums and just probably the reason they went with NC state, besides all the other reasons we gave highest capacity at 57,000 for football, they, they could probably crunch in a few more seats there. Yeah.
1: No, I, yeah besides like i said it's also it's in raleigh yeah i would have loved it at unc but like i said it's in raleigh they've already got a relationship with nc state because of the basketball that shares the stadium with hockey like it 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 makes the most sense i'm not saying it doesn't make sense i just i'm the themes and the visual part of it the nhl's got their work cut out for they do yeah yeah oh no question i'm all in favor of bringing this all over the place and having finally the 28th team like new teams yes all the teams should be in an outdoor game i i'm just it's just like okay what are we going to do with this one I don't, have, I don't have the vision for
2: it. Especially where it's coming off a winter classic where they have their first repeat venue. Yeah. Yep. Going back what? to Fenway. So I think bringing something... I mean, and this sort of becomes the challenge, of course, is finding something that, that's sort of new and different and out of the box gets harder as you whittle oh. down the teams to play in an outdoor game. Well, yeah.
0: that, that's what the whole stadium series is supposed to be about is, you know, expanding it beyond like your traditional hockey markets doing something new. So, yeah, no, excited to see it go to Carolina. Well, one thing I want to see for the, the 24 stadium
1: series, I'm going to throw this out there and it won't be an outdoor game, but it's a stadium game because it's the stadium series. So I don't think it technically has to be outdoors. I want to see Tampa back in the dome for a game. With with. with all the history that they have now with winning cups and all that, with how terrible of a stadium it is to begin with the, I think it could be so fun for one game to, to rehash the original season. Could, could they
0: go back to their original jerseys?
1: I, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. You, yeah, you don't, you don't, you can, you can just throw those out. Like you, like that could be a fun one-off thing is putting them back in the trap.
2: Miami I totally like, forgot no. they. Pl- I totally oh, okay. forgot they
1: played there. Yeah, me yeah, they too. Used to cl- they used to literally come out of the dugouts <laughs> to get there <laughs> to walk up the dugout stairs to get to the ice. Wow. Yeah. I, I. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, they played there. The San Jose Sharks used to play in a barn in the Cow Palace, I and mean, there's a lot of things that have that, that have changed from the old days.
2: <laughs> I remember the Sharks playing at the at the Cow Palace. Yes, yeah. yeah. that yeah. I remember. No, I forgot that.
1: I played forgot the that, trop.
2: Uh, Yeah, I forgot they played at the trout.
1: Yeah. So before they moved across the river to a better location and actual arena. So, um, and of course uh, next weekend you guys will talk about this in the second line edition Heritage Classic. Uh, the, the Toronto Arenas versus the Buffalo Sabers apparently is who we've we've got there. But yeah, no, the uh, hey. Leafs and Sabers will play the Heritage Classic up at Timmy Tim's
0: little Timbits Field up in yeah. Hamilton. Can, can I ask a question, you guys? Anybody else really tired of the Leafs bringing back the arenas in every single throwback uniform they have? It's the only throwback they have because, like, they haven't – like, that white Leafs jersey, what's changed? Uh, like, they don't have a choice. Not a whole uh, – the Leaf itself has changed a little bit, and I, I get there are subtle variations. Very Very little. subtle. Yes, I get there are subtle variations, but I don't know. Like, you got, you also have the St. Patrick's too that you could go back to, but I'm just, I'm tired of seeing the, they, early- they, they
1: brought, they brought the St. Patrick's out. Yeah, they there. had them. I was going to say, I remember that, but they, they, that, that was a thing at, at one it, point. It just
0: seems like every time that they do like something throwback, it's always the arenas, but I don't know. That's just me.
1: Which, which is interesting because the arenas only played for two seasons and, and the Pats played from 1919 to 1927. So, yeah, the, the the and and the Arenas only had two jerseys in their two years. So, yeah, I know I I get what you're saying. It's just I don't know. It's I mean, so they've used, let's see. They they're using the Arenas this year. They used the Arenas in 17. So it's only the second time they've used the Arenas, buddy. Really? I I feel yeah. like
0: it's just there every time. used
1: the and they've used the, they used the Pats tw- 2002 and 2019.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, maybe I just Yeah. Maybe I just don't like it as much. I don't know. I think it's tough when you have a team that
1: in Detroit has the same problem. They haven't changed much. Like the, like the Hawks have changed their colors up a bit where they've added color before they were black and white, like the Leafs and, and have been two colors and the Red Wings have been two colors for half a million years. You can't do yeah, that. And, and when you no, keep playing you outdoor only, games, you can only have so many variations, too. Right?
2: No, that's right. I mean, the winter class, like at least for the winter classic games, Detroit has gone to they. They had the the old English, or the, well, their version of the old English D. Yeah, uh, not quite the Tigers D, but they did for uh, t- 2009 at Wrigley, and then 2016 yeah. uh, Stadium Series game at Coors. Mm-hmm. Um, the Winter Classic at uh at michigan stadium they went with uh sort of more of a cream rather than a white and that said detroit but again over the wing it's you know it's still the winged wheel like that that hasn't changed that hasn't really been tweaked over the years um which really made it so hard with like the reverse retro jerseys last year they had easily the worst reverse retro yeah in hockey, it was a practice jersey. It wasn't
0: a it, real jersey. I don't know. Maybe I just asked that Toronto, like, maybe you don't need to go retro or go, you know, have a, a, you know, pay homage to your past. Create a new jersey that looks old-timey. I mean, you have the heritage to do it, but you can come up with something new that, like, you know, put an old English T on the front or, you know, stylize the maple leaf somehow to, to make it look, you know, well, vintage. He- but.
1: In their defense, it, they, they picked a different shade of blue than they've ever used this year.
2: They they did, and actually, the the jersey really does more, the, and the logo with just the T really does more align with the first year of the Arenas jersey than the second. The second one is that it actually set arenas on it for the
1: 18-19. Right. Ni- uh, yeah, which is what they used in the 2017 game. Yeah. Yes. Was the was T the with the arenas across it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was that was what they grabbed in 2017 for I think it was the next century game. I couldn't remember the name of it as I'm looking it up. But yeah, th- this is the original jersey, just a darker blue. Like a this is a navy blue that they're going with. It's not the royal that we're used to seeing beliefs in. So they did something different. Yay. And I actually I actually kind of like
2: I like the tea. i I, 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 just, I like the T. The interesting thing to me though, at least from the I can't quite zoom in enough is that uh, on the NHL uniform database, it doesn't look like they have any, any
1: insignia with the maple leaf on it. There's like nothing
2: on the pat, like no shoulder patch with it.
1: No, they've, they've um, got the Yeah. I mean, it's going to have arenas on it in a very, in a very light blue. It's, it's, it's oh, yeah. I, yeah. I've seen mock-ups of okay, it. Okay. Um, I haven't
2: seen that. Yeah.
1: Time. It is going to have arenas on it in, in, in maple leaf blue, if you will the Navy Jersey, but no, I, I, with you, everything I've seen, I haven't seen the Leafs shoulder patch at all that they're not using anything but the Maple Leaf, which is going to be interesting. Yeah. So always had to get a Jersey segment in there. Always. Yeah. Because thanks for always, letting me go on my very way. On,
2: very on brand.
1: Yeah. Uh, internationally guys um, I'm going to give the NHL a lot. Of, I'm going to give TNT a lot of credit. TNT did something um, that the previous rights holder and NBC never did. And, and this is not a shock with Turner Sports of, of allowing freedom to the broadcast. Uh, they talked about the, the Russian-Ukraine conflict uh, at the outdoor game this past weekend. Um, Liam McHugh led a pretty good panel on it. Um, and who would have thought? But Wayne Gretzky, guys, who shocking me in his TV role. He's not a token just guy sitting there. He's, he's been fun. He's really kind of brought stuff out. He's taken some, some crap from, especially from Tockett. Um, But you know, he was, he's basically said that, that Russia doesn't belong in the juniors, the world juniors coming up that it, it's not right. Um, he wants them banned. That's Wayne Gretzky speaking out. That's a rights holder allowing such a topic. It was refreshing to me.
0: Yeah. No, I as soon as I saw that, you know, start blowing up on social media, I was like, okay, I got to read what what was said because I didn't see the the actual uh, segment there. But, um, I yeah, you know, uh, I I I don't give him enough uh, credit for his on-air presence, but you know, uh, good on him for for speaking out for you know something that impacts the sport and you know impacts the world.
2: And it has the added benefit of being correct and yes. like good policy to support.
1: Yeah. And, um, like side news on um, the IPC, the international Paralympic committee has actually just banned, uh, today as a matter of fact, uh, at a reversal of they've banned Russia and Belarus. Uh, those two athletic contingents are no longer allowed to attend the Paralympic games coming up here in the near future over in Beijing.
0: Yeah. I think opening ceremonies are tomorrow night. I believe you're right. Or tomorrow yep. morning our time.
1: So. um, you know soccer's following suit it's obviously a terrible situation you know we, we definitely want we hope the best for the ukrainians um and you know what I hope the best for these russian soldiers that are many of them being forced to do something they don't want to do or or necessarily agree with um from from reports out of there for what we can get out of there but uh you know hopefully this conflict ends sooner than later for for obvious reasons and and, and for for many non-obvious reasons but uh you know we'd like to see it end. Um I know we've got some folks over there in the PHN family that uh we are efforting trying to get like a, a view Richard right from over there to see if we can get some some insight into the conflict from a yeah. hockey point of view. Yeah. Yep. And uh also you know and and teams pulling out of the KHL. That's a big thing to I mean the KHL playoffs are are gonna be could be could be small this year. The the non-Russian teams are starting to pull out in droves. No, so. I, I,
2: you know, I do think that that that's going to lead to I mean, that's going to lead to some problems down the road for some of those teams, the non-Russian teams anyway. But I, I'm curious what it's going to mean for the Russian draft eligible players this year, obviously, mm-hmm. whether they're yeah. allowed to play, whether they're allowed to come over really the least of our concerns, um, not to be too, you know, I don't want to, you know. I I don't want to put sport above this. It's not, but it, it, you know, these are 16, 17 year old kids who have worked their whole lives in a system that they're born into to try to get out and get drafted by an NHL team. And you just, I, I, you know, you don't know if you can do it. You don't know if you'll ever get to get those guys over here. I mean, looking at, you know, 1980s, 19 you know, early 90s, you know, literally smuggling guys out of uh, out of places to get them to defect and play for your team.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then kind of uh, you know, bring it back here, kind of in in other news, very early on, guys. Um, but we do like talking our our women's hockey. Um, the PWHPA is said to be real close to their own league so we had two leagues went down to one league now the 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 professional women's hockey players association is obviously not happy with the current league that's there um and and there's talks uh the the women's hockey they list um 10 nhl teams that they consider friends of their organization basically which is a big step we've seen nhl backing away from this um the phf announced in january they're going to eight teams and then their commissioner resigns there's there's a lot going on here guys in women's hockey but um it seems like the women's union and the phf are more and more on the outs than we ever realized
0: yeah. And, you know, it, it's it's kind of a shame because, you know, the PHF, you know, b- before they rebranded, uh, they were picking up steam. They had just expanded to from, you know, four to six teams in a matter of a couple of seasons. Uh, I know, you know, COVID put a lot of things on hold for, you know, a lot of different people. Um, but it was it was exciting to see, uh, you know, professional women's hockey start to expand the way that it did but then starting to learn about, you know, you know, some of the, the goings on, you know, with the, you know, with some of the general managers with, you know, the league ownership, um, you, you kind of think that like, well, you know, what was it all as, as good as it was. So um, I, I'm excited to see what what's going to come forth with this new league. Cause I think you had mentioned to me on Twitter, there is a team that's looking to start here in Colorado and I am very excited about that.
1: Yeah. It's if the NHL gets behind it, uh you can say goodbye to the PHF because now the WNBA of hockey will be christened real quickly. If I mean, it took the WNBA for a long time to get where they've gotten. Their ratings are pretty darn good and they're getting mm-hmm. some good attendance and all that. But if the NHL can get behind it, they've got the roadmap for success in the WNBA. Mm-hmm. Let's not kid ourselves. Yeah. Richard. Yes. I think it's time to talk about are things that our friends at Bet99 up in Canada like?
0: Oh, you mean our Bet99 picks of the week? I believe that's what I'm talking about. All right, listeners, if you want to place some bets on some sporting events coming up, head over to uh, Bet99. Uh, unless you live here in the U.S., then uh, take Adam's advice: get a VPN, get a Canada address, <laughs> and uh, log on to uh, Bet99. <laughs> place your bets. Uh, wait, was that not your advice? Was that was I, that not? I don't believe I was on. I I
1: didn't say that was my advice. I, I believe I gave suggestions. Oh, of, okay. Sorry. Of, that was Adam's suggestion.
0: No, oh, um, well, what not, not
1: well, wait a I minute. Mean, this is going, <laughs> this is going downhill fast for me. I don't like this.
0: Oh, it is time for but, the 99 picks of the week. Let's give a recap of last week. And when I'm, you know, putting forth that information, you know, I did okay last week because when I don't do, you know, I like to just gloss over things. Um, went four and one last week, not, Not terribly shabby. My one incorrect pick is when I led with my heart and not with my head and picked the uh, Metropolitan Riveters over the Minnesota Whitecaps. Did not make that mistake last week. Um, So Lonnie, three and two. Adam, three and two. Adam still kind of running away with the season, given that all star game awesomeness that he had. Um, Which
1: which I had to correct, by the way. You still did not correct me from seven and one to the proper eight no. I just had to do that. You just, I thought I, I just had it, Yeah. Oh, I was okay. eight. I wasn't, I was a, i was 8 No, you guys were a combined. zero and 16. Those picks. Are those the ones that you're referring to?
0: Yeah. Maybe those ones. No. <laughs> anyway. So, so then that's going to put you at, uh, I, I am I'm the Calgary flames the last couple weeks. You are I'm just throwing that out there. So with our season totals, you are 38 and six or 38 and 17. Yes. Lonnie is 30 and 25. I am 26 and 29 inching ever so closer to 500. Uh, I am probably out of contention. I think I might be the uh, Montreal Canadiens of the first line. But let's not give up hope yet. I have five fresh games for us to pick this week. First game, and I know Adam's going to want to chime in very first on this one Chicago at Philly. Why? Uh, What is this? Have you seen the schedule? Have you seen the schedule of Saturday? (laughs) Like, how bad? Like, take a look at. Take a I look know. see if you want to
2: <laughs> I did but I just I saw you put that on there and I was like why like and then anything- you looked at the and then you looked at the schedule and you're like oh that's why
0: yeah cuz cuz we can't bet on the Calgary Colorado game twice so um
1: <laughs> I I mean could, could could I make a sub for kind of what I think could be a more I mean fun feel, game
0: feel free I mean I I thought I picked I, the the closest I, games we have on on Saturday. I think Detroit, Florida is a better game. Detroit on the road. I I
1: don't. I mean, it could. It's going to be a home game for them if tradition serves. This there's a lot of freaking Red Wings fans that sneak into that <laughs> arena in February's and March. Yeah, Lonnie. I mean,
0: there is. There red. is. I, I I will I will put this up to a, a vote here. I'm going to stay <laughs> fast with. With my my pick no, of Chicago and Philly, stick
1: just stick Lonnie, it, Lonnie. You
0: want to sub? You want Detroit yeah. in there? I'm fine with sticking with it. I yeah, actually, it's, think it's, right. no,
1: it's, it's uh, ABC sticking with it, so we should. Stick I, and I with also
2: it. think that the Detroit Florida game is a way easier game to okay. pick. So I fine. think it's fine. Be fine. Better fine.
1: To, We're, we'll go. We'll go with the ABC game because ABC stuck with it. We'll stick with it. Because and not because, because you got outvoted. Got it. Because they couldn't flex anybody else into that game. Apparently. Yeah. I'm um, I'm gonna go with Chicago because the Phillies because Mark Andre Fleury always gives you a chance. Okay, Lonnie. I'm going with Chicago because Philly's really 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 awful.
0: Uh, I'm gonna go with Philly um, just because every time I pick their games I, I always lose so it doesn't matter and i need to pick up some ground on on adam game number two that's
1: a, by the way that's a trade watch game i mean drew flurry could they be playing in their last games for their respective teams yeah very true
0: drew won't
2: get uh he has got a. he's gotta he's gonna play his thousandth for philly before he gets dealt oh good point. i think yep. that's gonna yep. be
0: the condition okay okay mm-hmm. game number two boston at the columbus blue jackets uh, slightly better game lonnie who you got
2: Oh, I mean, only slightly better. Uh, I'm going to go with Boston.
1: All right, Adam. I'm going to go Boston. Boston. Columbus has got a home game the night before. Yeah. So I, I think tired legs versus, even though they're at home, but a tired legs versus a better team,
0: I'll take the better team. Yep, I'll make it unanimous. I'll go Boston as well. Game number three. I actually, I kind of like this one. Not the game of the night, but I kind of like this one: Nashville at San Jose. Probably not the snoozer we would have thought it would have been at the beginning of the season. Adam, what do you like? Ooh, you know,
1: uh, I, I San Jose only because I, I'm not sure. You know, Nashville's a streaky team this year, and they're on that down streak right now. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with San Jose. All right, Lonnie. You know,
2: Nashville, I guess. I don't love it, but I I really don't love San Jose that much either, so.
0: Yeah, um, I'm, I'm going Nashville as well. I think their streakiness ends, and they put together a win against San Jose. Game number four, game of the night for the NHL slate, Calgary at Colorado. Lonnie, who you like?
2: Uh, uh Colorado, home team. Uh, it's about the only thing I got going
1: for it. Okay, Adam. Yeah, I, I, until further notice, um,
0: Colorado at home almost seems like a lock. Okay. Um, let's. I mean, I just want to throw out there: Calgary is very good on the road too. So pick them but I'm not going to <laughs> right, See, this is
2: why I like us going first, Adam, because yeah. it, uh-huh. he wants to make up ground, but he doesn't want to pick against
1: Colorado in a big yep, spot. Exactly. <laughs> By the way, sh- shame on the NHL, shame on the NHL for not making this a doubleheader on the NHL network Saturday oh, night. Yeah. I-, I don't know why they're not a f- like, okay. If you watch the NHL network, they do a lot of bonus coverage. I'm guessing we're going to see a lot of this game live. If you watch the NHL network, but to not pick this game up, it's already starting later. I mean, starting at eight o'clock local time because of of it's a hockey night in Canada back end game. It's their West game. The NHL network not picking it up, and I know there's contracts involved, but still, they, it seems like a big miss to me for the league to not do that.
0: I, I mean, at what point could they have? I mean. Contract-wise, at what point could they pick that up? I mean,
1: it's the NHL Network. Can't you pick up any game any moment you want? <laughs> right. It's, it's not a TNT or ESPN night. Saturday night is is a CBC night, right? It, it's Rogers, but not in the states. And we always get the early game. Like we get hockey night in Canada on the NHL Network. I'm just surprised they didn't doubleheader
0: this one. That's all. Yeah. Just, all right. Game number five out of the PHF, the Premier Hockey Federation. We have the Boston Pride at the Metropolitan Riveters. Riveters getting a lot of Saturday games this week. Lonnie, who you like?
2: Uh, I
0: am going
2: to go with
0: uh, Boston. All right. Adam.
1: Give me the Riveters.
0: All right. You know, I, I liked how the Riveters looked last week against the Whitecaps, not in their Saturday game, but in their Sunday game. So I'm going to go with the Riveters as well. All right, hockey fans, that does it for our Bet 99 PHN Picks of the Week. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow us at PHN Podcast, and you can make your picks on Twitter using the hashtag PHNPicks. Time for the closing
1: thoughts. Producer extraordinaire Richard Cote.
0: Well, I I wish I had something super exciting for my closing thoughts. Um, I recently started a a little side hustle as a photographer. Uh, I may have my first paying client coming up shortly, but um, other than that, uh, I don't have anything as exciting as our frozen produce on a highway correspondent, Lonnie Goldsmith. So I'll toss it over to him. Wow. (laughs) 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 Bonnie? <laughs> <laughs> once again
2: no frozen produce it's warming up a bit i mean not today but it has been steadily warming um however i do you know watching uh watching sports around europe with soccer my soccer fandom and whatnot uh, that adam really doesn't care for I, but, I just don't understand it that too but it the the outpouring of support for the Ukrainian players that are playing for club teams uh, outside of Ukraine has been really quite phenomenal. The most impressive to me was um, was a player named Roman Yuremchuk, who's a forward on the Ukraine national team, plays for the uh, Portuguese club team Benfica in Lisbon. And he came on as a substitute last Sunday in a Portuguese league game and was given given the captain's armband, which for this game was blue and yellow to look like the Ukrainian flag. And the crowd went bonkers for him and he tried to, tried his best to hold it together, but like starts, you know, running up and down the field, like burst into tears. It was really, it was very moving. The crowds have been uh, so supportive of the player and the, the visiting crowds, which very often uh, are very hostile to, um, to players uh, from the other team uh, have really been supportive and there's been a uniting factor uh, in support of the Ukrainian uh,
1: athletes over the course of the last uh, week. Yeah, and, and I'll touch on that too. We've seen in college basketball, um, in Tulsa versus SMU, uh, former President George W. Bush is often at SMU games. And Tulsa has Nikita. I'm going to butcher his name, Yonavsky, who plays for them. And President Bush pulled him aside before the game to lend his support uh, about things going on in Ukraine. For I mean, for uh, just amazing. Uh, I mean, that, that's an amazing piece there. Fordham uh, wore Ukrainian flags on their jersey because they've got a Ukrainian player on their team. Uh, it, it's it's interesting to seeing it, you know, even down. It, it, we know it was really jarring, honestly, but seeing a non-U.S. flag on an NCA basketball Jersey.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It, it just, it, it was visually odd to me following college, but you always see the U S flag on a lot of jerseys, but seeing a Ukrainian flag, it just, it, it was weird. Sports doesn't always get it right. Yep. In fact, they often don't
2: get it right. They've, they've gotten it right though. Um, yep. fans, athletes, organizations, teams, you name it. They, they've, they've done right by, everyone in this this last week
1: and my parting shot happens to deal with this too uh i would like fans to lay off the russian athletes a bit i have no problem with the media asking questions like they're doing of vladimir tarasenko and alex ovechkin who are superstars and are gonna have to face the media i have no problem that ccm has pulled all marketing of of their russian clients and they're not using them because of what russia is doing but I've, media should continue asking, but if a player doesn't want to comment, I, you have to understand why. Many of these players are still living in Russia in the off season. Many of them have family that are not here with them, and I'm not just talking wives or girlfriends or kids. I'm talking parents, cousins, aunts, uncles, families that are not with them, and they still go back there in the off season. These players are being put in a hugely uncomfortable spot with a dictatorship, as we know it is, and an oligarch that they still have to go home to. So don't fault the players like Alok Ovechkin for not standing up. If, if you want to complain about pictures with Putin and things like that, different that he said on Instagram and all that. But once again, we, I think, have to look at it and understand that they may not want to answer for safety reasons. Yep. It doesn't mean that they are pro- whatever is going on this is this is big like life is bigger sometimes and it's okay when players don't want to comment on things because they also have safety concerns of their own that's it i just i usually i side with the media but let's again media keep asking the questions i want us to ask those questions and if they choose to talk they talk but that's that's me guys yeah that's For Richard Cote and Lonnie Goldsmith, this is Adam Minnick. Once again, we are brought to you by Chicago Bulls merchandise store. Check them out: ChicagoBullsStore PHN fifteen is your code. Thanks again to LDE, Tiffany Jewelry, and Barrel Hockey and Bet ninety nine as well. You've listened to another edition of the Pro Hockey News Podcast.